Good evening, all. Happy Tuesday evening. Hidden Treasures Revealed is on the air once again. Me and Phil will be right back with you in just a few moments. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Phil, my brother, how you doing? Doing well. Had to get the microphone over to my mouth. <laughs> yeah, be prepared. What are you doing? Come on now. Did you have a good day? I did. I did. And as usual, always looking forward to see what mother wants us to bring out. And again, just another interesting and truthful topic. Sometimes don't know how, well, do know how it's what y'all wants. Have different ideas go through my mind. And this was one today upstairs working from home and all of a sudden concept comes to mind and immediately it comes to the story of the Tower of Babel in the Old Testament. And really the, with getting into this, the concept behind this, and we'll be bringing this out is an aspect of Yah that is very important to understand with what they do, how they do it, and us as having faith in them, us believing in them, trusting in them, and walking as they do. So we're actually going to begin on the Tower of Babel scripture in the Old Testament in Genesis, and I'll read this portion of it, and we'll get into where Yah wants us to go with this and tying all the truth to it. And for those who would like to follow along, if you have your Bible with you, if you're listening live now, and um, those listening uh, in the future, this is in Genesis chapter 11, and it's really, it's mentioned, it's a few paragraphs, not a very long section, and I'll speak what came to my mind about this, and there's another scripture, and we'll see how that'll come out as well. This is Genesis chapter 11, starting in verse number 1. And the word of God says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves, otherwise we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speak in the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, 
let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. This is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. I'll explain how this came to mind. I was watching a video, just happened to be watching some videos on YouTube, and came across a video where it was talking about the pyramids, and the essence of the video was talking about Nikola Tesla and the inventions that uh, Tesla had made and a conversation about people that were looking into ancient technologies with the concept of, is there a lost technology? Is there technology that is hidden that we don't know about? And is there, is there evidence of it and such and such? And just started watching a little bit of it because I had some interest a while back on the pyramids and how they were built because they didn't have the technology that we have now and questions on people saying, how did they build them? How did that come about? And got into the shape of the pyramids and it came to my mind about that the pyramids have a triangular shape. And as I was looking at them from my vantage point, from afar, it looked like that it actually had three sides, which ultimately it has four. But what came to mind was when I was looking at them, I thought of a triangle and a triangle different size triangles. You have the isosceles triangle, equilateral. And I was thinking about the one that has the equal sides and it came to mind of, well, wait a minute with what they're talking about with this power that could be harnessed or generated that I found it interesting that the, the, it was from what I perceive, it was three sides that were equal, all three sides. And it got my mind thinking about Yah and Yah being the wholeness of Abba the Father, Ima the Holy Spirit, and Yeshua the Son, that those three are one, and they're equal, and they're unified. And it made me think of, wow, so with the Tower of Babel, these people that had one language, that were unified, started building this city up to the heavens, and Yah seeing this and i found this feel interesting as well that it says in the text it says come let us go down and confuse our language giving us a clear picture of abba and ima together going down and yeshua hadn't been he was still on the loins of abba and ima he hadn't been born yet but he was still with them that it was abba and ima looking at them and looking at them and saying these people are of one language in an essence of one mind, anything that they do, nothing is impossible for them because of the unity. And thinking about this more, that there's more to this because, yeah, knowing that the people being of one mind in one language, there's nothing that they're not able to do. Now we have a greater plan that they're not going to be able to get to heaven of themselves they're going to need us. So for us to have a way for people to find us, I'm going to confuse this language and ultimately have everybody be unified in our son, Yeshua, when he comes so that we can all be united in the kingdom of heaven. But how this got my mind going was, it was the concept of the unity, the unification, the uni being 
for example, a unicycle is one, one wheel. In insurance, a unilateral contract, meaning the insurance is the policies extended by the, the company. You have to agree to the policy. And faith in God, one of the greatest principles, concept of Yah is being unified, being whole. And Yah even talks about themselves saying that the Lord God is one and meaning one, meaning unified. Because we know that God, that Abba and Eman Yeshua, they're distinct individuals, but unified, they are whole, they are one. And the word says, <clears throat> with Yah, all things are possible. Doesn't mean that Yah is going to do all things, but it means it just goes back to the Tower of Babel that with Yah, unified with them, being of one mind, there is nothing that is impossible. And that's what Messiah was saying when they questioned him. He was talking about, people asked him, how in the world can anybody be saved? And he told them, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Meaning with them, being unified with them, all things are possible. So find the place where you're unified, not only with God, that's the most important, but be unified with your wife, be unified with your brothers and sisters in faith, because you could take this to the other side as well. This isn't just talking about unity with God. People have unity with the enemy, that you're one with the enemy. Well, get away from that, get divided away from the enemy, leave it so that you can be united with Yah and the, the power that is there with being one is there's nothing that can't be done. All those people that were building that city. And we had talked about this a little bit last night that you look at the pyramids and very possible that they could be the actual tower of Babel, that actual structure that is being built that, Hey, if we don't confuse this language, they're just going to keep building this and reach up to the heavens. So we're going to confuse the language. And it mentioned that the, the Tower of Babel, they stopped building it. And we look at the pyramids and they're, they were stopped, or we could look at them as they're finished where they stopped building them. But the whole concept of this with what came to mind was, is learning from an aspect of this about faith in Yah is all the aspects. If you look at the gospel message is about being unified with Yah. You look at the first step where you seek after Yah with all your heart. You have to have faith in order to do that. You have to make a decision you're going to do that. You come to Abba, and in order to be unified with him, you've got to repent to him. And walking in repentance shows that my goal is to be one with God and to be unified with them to what they want. So I'm going to agree with what they say. Everything that they want me to do, I'm going to do it. And I'm turning from my old life and I'm turning to a jaw. So that's, you can look at it as a, as a threefold aspect of being unified, that unity, you're unified with Abba. And then, okay, well, now I'm going to take you to my son, Yeshua, where with him, you're going to be unified in mind and thought in regards to obedience, that you're going to agree that obedience to God is, is supreme and that you're going to obey whatever God says and walk in agreement with them even to the point of you being unified with them, that you're willing to die the death that Messiah did spiritually by being crucified with him. 
and then to the point of being unified with mother through circumcision of the heart that you're willing to trust them with everything, no matter what, that you then have the fullness of faith, you have the wholeness, you have the fullness of the deity in bodily form, you have that full unity with God. And the point is, is we hate divorce because divorce is separation. Stay unified with us, don't divorce once you come together with us. And that's why they hate divorce, divorce because it's a getting away from unity. And that's with us, Phil, as well. If we're sitting here on this podcast and with what we're talking about, if it's not unified with the truth of God, then we need to stop what we're saying, correct what we're saying. Because if we're not on the same page on this, then we need to stop doing this. But we're on the same page with the truth of God. And we continue to learn more and more truth. We're not sitting here changing the message every single time we meet. Now, we will change if there's something that we learn. We don't change the message. We just add to the truth that we already know. But us being together, it's crucial in order for the gospel message to be preached the way that Yah wants, is for the, to, for the believers in Yah to be of one mind and to have the understanding of the truth, because if not, that's what the devil is looking for. The enemy is looking for any way to discredit the truth of God and the ministry of God through those in Messiah, because if I can find any hypocrisy, if I can find anything to, oh, you're being a hypocrite, I got you, that we need to make sure that we speak what we know and know what we speak, and that we're unified in what we speak, because if not, then that's not going to go well, and it's not what y'all wants. Y'all wants us to speak the truth boldly, but to make sure that what we speak lines up and is unified with the truth in everything that we do and the message that we've been speaking, we haven't changed the message. We've been speaking the truth of God and it's up to those listening, those that have made a commitment to seek with all their heart to continue to do that and to make sure that what we're saying lines up with the Bible, that it lines up with the word of God. And we've even said this, if there's something that we say, if you were to find that doesn't line up with the word, let us know. We'll look into it and correct it because my goal is make sure that what we're speaking is the truth of God and it is unified with the truth and that it lines up that it's exactly the words of what Messiah would speak, what Abba would speak, and what Mother would speak. So this is really what got my mind on just the aspect of the Tower of Babel. It wasn't necessarily the tower itself, the actual structure. It was what Yah had said in the aspect of this is it's the unity it's the wholeness of the people that no matter what they were doing, as long as they stayed unified, that that was the key for them doing whatever is necessary and nothing being impossible. And then with faith in God, that with God, all the things that we are learning that we are able to achieve with God, because with God, we can live a life without sin. With God, we can walk as Messiah did. With God, we can change our programming and our lower conscience. We can recognize things, set our minds so that it will get into our lower conscience, which will be our new programming and replace the old programming with the new and doing that in a continual practice. But without Yah, it's impossible to do that. You can't do that on your own. The things that we talk about that we have been given by revelation of God, it's by revelation of them 
that we're able to speak the truth that we have and be able to know it and be able to speak it. So with that said, Phil, those are, that's what my mind was going to is really the focus on the unity aspect in regards to the Tower of Babel. So I'll turn it over to you if you have any thoughts on this very important subject. I want to make a just a, a brief clarification, and you had said it, and I just, uh, just so people don't misconstrue, um, that the idea was that uh, you had said that the, the possibility of the uh, pyramids being the Tower of Babel, <clears throat> and we're not saying that with an absolute, that's exactly what it is. Um, it, if not that perspective, it definitely built uh, a structure similar um, and the key factor in it is, again, like you said, uh, the, the message that God has given us through this story. There's a reason this story is in the Bible. And it's the stories in the Bible, everything that God put in there is there for a reason. And it gives you a, a piece of the understanding of the reality of God. And it's very important. And, you know, just a short section like that um, brings a, a decent amount of understanding. The fact that uh, God was making it clear that the only way you can build a tower to, to them is to be unified, everybody being one body, one spirit, one language. And then you can build that tower to God. And that tower is the church. That, that tower being built to God is the church. And so when we look at the Tower of Babel, when God went down and confused the languages and then spread them across the whole face of the earth, God took the point of unity away. And the only way for you to build that building, that tower that reaches to the heavens is to build it in faith where everybody's speaking the same language. We're not arguing with each other. We're not, uh, we're, we're not having fights and quarrels. We're just together, working together as one mind. You have your part. You put your part in, in place. And I have my part. I put my part in place. And the two of them make this one section. And you just continue uh, as one one people of one mind. And that's why the bond of unity that Paul talks about is so important in the church. If there's no bond of unity, there's no church. And yes, there are a lot of churches out there that profess their churches. They profess their part of the building of God, but they're not because they're not unified with the reality of truth and they're not unified with each other. Let's take Christianity, for example. You can't even get unity in one piece of one church, or what they call churches in Christianity. It's a reality. You can't, because you have, in that one church, you have both Democrats and Republicans. And it's known Democrats and Republicans, yeah, they'll be cordial with each other, but they don't really get along. They, 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 they will be cordial in front of each other and then say ugly things behind their back when they're gone. 
And so you don't, you have a division there. A lot of places there's division between men and women. There's division between uh, the older people and the youth. There's divisions of all kinds of different things just in one church. And then you stretch that up to the denomination of how many of those churches that are out there that are divided like that. And the whole objective goal, I don't care who you are, if you're seeking God with all of your heart, if you're in true faith in God, is agreement with one another. It is not discord and uh, fights and quarrels. It's we're unified. We believe the same things. And if something comes up and I make a statement about something from Scripture and you see it differently or somebody else sees it differently, then we talk it out until we come to a unified conclusion. But the mindset of anybody who's either in faith or seeking God with all of your heart needs to be the unified perspective. And that's why we have to put to death our old self, the, the, the self that is all about making sure I get what feels good to me or I get what I like or what I want. And so unity, you should have unity in uh, marriages, and we don't see that. I mean, you'll see it a lot of times. A husband or a wife will be talking to their spouse on the phone, and then as soon as they hang up, they either roll their eyes or they make a, uh, a comment, idiot, you know, stuff like that. And I've seen it happen. I love you. Love you too. And then click idiot. I don't know why he's doing all these things. It's just crazy. And, and guys have done the same thing and do do the same thing. And it's like, you're missing the whole point. If you want to have faith in God, your number one priority is to be unified with each other to have that bond of unity that the church of Christ brings. That way, I don't worry about myself. I worry about you. And I make sure that whatever's taking place with you is in accordance with the reality of truth, not what I would want, not what you would want. But when we decide we want the things of God and we start building, we have the circumcision of the heart, then we can be unified together building the Tower of Babel back to God, the, the, the Tower of Communication. You call it Babel. What were they doing? They were building to the heavens. Why? Maybe to be able to communicate with God. Now, I did say that's not an absolute. Maybe that was their intent. We, we don't have a driven... Uh, that Well, it says that they wanted to make a name for themselves, uh, and that's why they were building it. Well, if you want to make a name for yourself before God, humble yourself, walk in obedience to God, and be unified with everybody else who is likewise. That is our objective goal. That is our purpose, first and foremost, after we have faith, is to be looking for the bond of unity and get rid of the division of you did or he said, she said, all these different things instead of, no, let, let's figure this out together 
as one because we're building this church and the church interestingly enough as you were talking about the pyramid i had a picture of it and again a picture in my mind and a pyramid being four-sided i uh, there are four sides when we look at it's we, we always say the trinity the trinity the trinity well there's more to god than you know and you understand and it's way past the trinity but there are groupings there are some groupings of three and uh, various different numbers. But when we talk about our faith and God, it's that pyramid. And Abba, the Father, makes up one equilateral triangle on one side. Mother makes up the next one right beside it. Then around the corner from that, Messiah's, and they're all, the triangles are equal. And then us, when we have circumcision of the heart, we have the fullness of deity in bodily form. We are a part of that third triangle, which is equal to God. It, it is, I'm not saying I, myself, I'm God, and I'm the father of this. And No, but we own a place in the kingdom, and we have ownership to God because the Bible tells us we do. In Colossians, that in him you have the fullness of deity and bodily form. So as the church, as all the believers in the true believers in Messiah, we make up that fourth triangle that makes that building very strong. How long have them pyramids been standing through storms and uh, earthquakes and all kinds of different things, but them they, they, uh, pyramids, they still are standing. And why? Because there's a strength in the structure. Just the, the, the base concept, I can see it with my mind of seeing how instead of having a high-rise building like we have here that goes straight up, you have where it's slanted equally on all sides, so you have even pressure so that if wind or rain or anything pushes against it, it's got enough support on the other side in order to support it. And so that's when I was looking at the pyramid, was looking at, that's a beautiful example of Yah with us as we're in faith and we're in that, we are that fourth triangle, which is equal to God. And so, and like you were saying, yeah, God is not four or three uh, parts, but one individual playing the three parts. Now, they are three uh, separate individuals, Abba, Ima, and Yahusha, and then us, which will, uh, when we get to the kingdom, we will be the bride of Messiah, which is the completion of that pyramid. And so when we look at this, the core of it is being unified and 
the reason people can accomplish some things, but they're always going to have shortfalls in their accomplishments or because they can't speak one language as one people, as a unified people speaking one language. That's the beautiful part about God is that when we have circumcision of the heart, we are now in a place where we speak the same language because everything gets translated to that one language. That's why you have tongues, so that you can hear in your language. Why would we have that? Well, because God knows that the languages were confused. And so if you've never learned Spanish and something's being given in that tongue, you won't understand it. So it's going to be given so that those who speak Spanish will hear it in Spanish. Those who speak English will hear it in English. And whatever different languages are there, and we have an example of that at the uh, Pentecost, uh, when they accused them of drinking because, well, how is it they, they're speaking in all these different languages and they were listing them and naming them off? Well, it was because they had, they were tapped into the spirit, which gave them the ability to speak all languages and to understand all languages. Now, meaning that they are tied into mother. Mother is the translator. So mother is the one that brings us all back to that one language, that one unification, that one, uh, the oneness. And anybody that might argue that, well, God is just one. The Bible says God is one. They have to go look up the Hebrew for the word ichad, which in Hebrew does mean one, but it also means unified. And there were, you would not have terminology if God was just one individual playing three different parts. You wouldn't have terminology that's used. Elohim. El is singular. Elohim is plural. Uh, plural. So it's you, you have multiples that are expressed in God and even let us make man in our image. Let us go down and confuse the languages. Let us, yeah, God's not schizophrenic sitting there talking to himself, deciding what he's going to do, and then looking in the mirror, yep, that's that's what we're going to do, so let's go do it. No, we were made in their image. There's male, there's female, there's, there's kids. So we really, the thing that just sticks out to me the most uh, in this story is God specifically made it clear that if as one people, if as a unified people speaking the same language, there's nothing that's impossible for them. So that means they can build a, a tower to the heavens. They can build a tower to God and make a name for themselves. And God knows they could do that, but you have to do it through faith not through physical structure. And so we build that tower to God through our faith in Messiah, living without sin because we have the fullness of deity and bodily form. We make up that fourth uh, side of the pyramid and we have an equal part in the 
uh, Godhead in the in the God perspective. And there's so much more. Don't just think that well, God is just for then. No, we know that through the Bible it talks about uh, well, what twenty four elders? Okay, you had the, you had the twenty four elders that uh, were on their thrones, and well, where did they come from? Well, that's that's stuff that we're not going to discuss right now. But there are explanations and understandings of where they came from. And then uh, the multitudes, that there are, is more uh, in the kingdom of God than we are privy to knowing. So don't just limit it to, well, it's just three of them. It's just Abba, Emma, and Yahusha, and that's it. Nobody else is there. Well, then you would write off Revelation where it talks about the 24 elders and but the biggest point is God confused their languages and scattered them so that they would not be able to build that tower to God because you had to do it from the right spiritual perspective. Not you building a tower in the physical perspective is like you trying to accomplish the fullness of the law. That's you're building that tower to God thinking that that's going to save you if I'm going to build this physical tower. And God says, no, we want you to attempt it, but we want you to attempt it knowing that it's an impossibility so that you can move on to building the spiritual tower, which is the uh, Tower of Babel, which is the church that is being built up to God. And what it, what happens is, is, as we enter into Messiah, we start at the bottom of the pyramid. And the more we grow, the more we learn, the more we understand, the, the more uh, we, we grow closer and closer to God, or we grow closer and closer to that, uh, that point at the top. But remember, as we go up, the sides come in, which means as we grow in faith and as we learn more, more will be expected of us. Our boundaries get tighter as we go up. If you're out in the world, you have all the you have the freedom to do whatever it is you want to do. You're not claiming faith in God. You you have now eventually you're gonna have to pay for it. But when we have faith in God and we claim faith. We put ourselves inside a boundary and we're not to go outside that boundary. Don't even, don't hang by the edge. Don't, don't kick against the goads like you want to go out there. No. And as we grow, we recognize that more is expected of us. Uh, I'm expected to behave in a different fashion and I'm not allowed to continue to be uh, the way I was yesterday that no, the, the old is going away. The new is coming. And so as we're moving up that pyramid, we are getting tighter borders and tighter boundaries. And I'm okay with that because I want to walk within the confines of the truth of God and what they want anyway. And that's, that's my objective goal. So unity being one mind and being, uh, speaking the same language is pivotal. You cannot, you cannot, cannot enter and build this church to God when you have fights and quarrels and divisions, 
within the midst of what you call your church. And if you just have it in, say, you could break it down to just a Sunday school class. Does everybody in that Sunday school class get along? And even if they did, why do we have separate Sunday school classes? Because somewhere along the way, somebody doesn't get along with somebody else. And we got to, you know, we got to offer a big variety instead of let's just talk about the truth of God. What do we need Sunday school for? I mean, Sunday school is the gathering for us because it's just we're learning continually about the things of God. And you can say it. And if you see divisions, then that's not a house of God it, because uh, Messiah even said a house divided against itself cannot stand. And that's why we must be unified and we must be speaking one language. How would it be if you and I would just go into the gathering and we'd just be sitting there arguing back and forth about what's right and what's, what's, no, that's not right. You're, you're wrong. And well, wait a minute. What? No, the, the objective goal is that we agree. And if we don't have a place of agreement, then we talk it out, we work it out, we look through the word, and we have Yah clarify so that we can both see it, everybody in faith see it from the same perspective. And if you have a question about something, if you're seeing it from the same perspective, or you're seeing it from a different perspective and you have a question about it, then bring up the question. Ask the question. We're okay with that. Too many churches, people can't bring up the question. They can't ask the question, why are we so divided? Well, why, why do we have uh, Democrats and Republicans? And why, do, why are we worried about the worldly governmental uh, system that isn't even anywhere close to what the godly governmental system is, which is a monarchy, which is a kingdom with a king who is right, fair, and just, treating us all the way that that. Uh, is the best for everybody in the process of it. And so I'll turn it back over to you for uh, what you have right now. And we'll get into this, but what Yah was showing, we have a, a transformation from the first covenant to the renewed covenant of this aspect of the Tower of Babel. Um, and I'll get into that in a moment, something that Yah brought to my mind. Wanted to go back and revisit what you had mentioned in, in Acts about the day of Pentecost. This is just so interesting. It makes a point that it says, when the day of Pentecost came, when Mother came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there, now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. And just what we talked about, that you're hearing your own language, but you're able to understand it in your own language because Mother enables that. And that's the key to this is with Mother coming, you're able to understand no matter, because we're from America, no matter if you're American, you're from China, you're from Australia, with the unity of God, you're going to be able to understand 
the truth of God, you don't have to speak the actual literal Hebrew language. You have to understand Hebrew. The Hebrew language is the truth of God. So understand that, then you can understand Hebrew because you have mother, you have the interpreter, just like I could get on a language line and say, I want to speak to you about this or that and have an interpreter come in and that person will understand it as though I'm speaking it in their own language. And and that's the key here. And it says, go down here a little bit. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. It's just fascinating to me that, but it's the, it's mother's work that they were able to understand that to say, this is about understanding the truth of God. It's about one language and being together and speaking the same thing. There's actually a scripture that goes with this. That's in the, what's referred to as the new Testament. And it's in first Corinthians chapter one, and it addresses this very issue. And actually even talks because this is a letter that Paul wrote to the, the church in Corinth. And it says this, and this is going on the aspect of the unity. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Yeshua, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you are perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some Let's see. Some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank Yah that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanas. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. For Messiah did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Messiah be emptied of its power. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this this age? Has Yah not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to them whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. And it goes on from there, but the, the key point was is to be of, and we've joked about this before with our wit of be of one accord, you know, thing about a Hondo Accord that everybody's in one accord, but meaning it's this, the fact of that everybody is to be of the same mind, to be sober minded, to be walking in the truth and to be in agreement and not be, well, no, it's not repentance, obedience, and trust. It's something else. And no, that's what it is. That's been revealed by God. And we agree on that, that circumcision of the heart is the sign of the fullness of faith. It's not making a, just an acceptance of the son of God as, as Lord and savior. It's 
making him Lord and him being Savior when you follow the the, the true path. Phil, I want to add on to, well, not me, but with the information y'all gave to me. We have a picture in the Word of God of the Tower of Babel, and it's from the spiritual perspective. And I was just sitting here as you were speaking, taking in the information on the pyramid. I was like, wow, what a a beautiful representation as well. Just another, this is just adding on to what you were given. It's not changing anything. We have in Revelation, the New Jerusalem. And what's interesting about the New Jerusalem is, and I remember years ago, I'd asked you, what is it about the New Jerusalem and things like that? And they said, it's not for you to know right now. Okay. Well, the New Jerusalem and again, we, we talked about Revelation a few times. The book of Revelation is not only at times literal, literal, but also metaphoric as well. But with this aspect, the New Jerusalem is mentioned as a great city coming down from the heavens and it being a square. And you had mentioned it being a four-sided structure. And I thought, wow, in Revelation, it mentions... The New Jerusalem, it says, see the bride of Messiah coming down from heaven. What a beautiful picture of the church of God being unified that with God, from the spiritual perspective, that that's a beautiful picture of the unity of the bride of Messiah coming down, that it's given us another picture of, because you see, remember the dimensions of it, it was a perfect cube, 15 or 1600 miles high on each side. Well, that reaches up into the heavens way up into the heavens. It's almost half from here to the middle of the United States. If I can think of it, that it would be up in the sky. I mean, that's pretty far, but it made me think of the spiritual aspect of think about it unified with God, with Messiah, that we now become a part of God where you have Abba, Amen, Yeshua, and then us as the bride. And that's the, the cube. And it's built on the foundation of the apostles because it was built with the foundations of the apostles and being, and it's talking about the church being built and what a beautiful picture of the church of God. And I'll return here to revelation, the writing here. I was just like, wow, it's, it takes us from, they stopped building the tower of Babel, but the church of God is what we're mentioned as, is the church of God as we are building a spiritual house with spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Messiah, that this is the spiritual tower. It's the holy city of God. Let me find it in here. And it says, one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls, and this is after the, the, when they had the, after the bowl judgments, one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, come, I will show you the bride the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had great high, it had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates and walls. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. 
He measured the city with a rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length. And it says here, there's a little note that says, looks like about 1,400 miles or about would, would be the length, as wide and high as it was long. And it just talks about the foundation of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. And I don't know if you remember this in the word where it talks about that when you build on your faith, you can either build with wood, straw, precious stones, things like that. And I was just sitting there thinking, and it says that Yah themselves are the temple. And this says because the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are its temple, the Yah is there and the city doesn't need the sun or the moon to shine for the glory of God gives its light and the Lamb is its lamp. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And mentioning the fact of outsider, the dog. So it just made me think of what a, just given more understanding on the actual New Jerusalem, that look at it as a great city built by the hands of God, that with God, that we've got this beautiful city where righteousness dwells, that Yah dwells with their, their people. And just giving us a picture because we're not ourselves. We're not attempting to build a city ourselves to get to God. We're having faith in God. We're able to be a part of this city built by God, which is built by faith, built on the foundation of the apostles and building up to the heavens. So you find yourself being, you find the fullness of faith in God. You become a part of the family of God that's able to dwell in that city and be able to be with God forever. And it's because of being unified, being of one mind, that this is just another, we had talked about this last night a little bit, that this is another threefold aspect of God where you have the one baptism, which is in three parts. You have the full unity of God, which is in three parts, because you have to be fully united with Abba, Ima, and Yeshua to have the full unity with them that will last forever. And... That's why Yah hates divorce, because divorce is about separating. Find the place where you're unified with God and with the believers of God, and don't get away from that unity, because that's where the strength is, that's where the ability is. And without being unified, we wouldn't be able to accomplish anything. I remember you mentioned this before, that a lot of church gatherings don't last but a few years. Well, we've able to last into 13 years of doing what we're doing, and it's not because of us, but it's because of ever growing and increasing in the truth of God, walking in that unification with them and staying in it. And when we first started this, we didn't have argue, arguing and quarreling. We just talked about the truth of God. We just talked about the word. We looked into the word and we discussed things. We didn't argue. We were just looking for the truth and we were able to discover it. And that's the point of this as well, is that we're speaking the truth that we've discovered and are continually discovering. And for those out there, it's it's in your hands as well, because we can speak of these things and you may it may make sense to you, but in order for you to understand it, you've got to do your part so that you can discover this truth. But the unity is, is such a huge thing because that's the thing. If the enemy can get people divided, then he's got them. You know, you, even you mentioned this just a little bit ago, all right, you, you claim this unity in Christianity. But where's the unity when you have how many denominations are out there that, well, yeah, we're all together. Then why is there a separation of Presbyterian and Catholic and Methodist and Lutheran 
Universal Unitarian. What was the other one? Baha'i, Coptic, all these other ones. And it's, it's divided because if you were to, to go up to 30 or 40 people and ask them, what do you need to get saved? What do you need to do? And somebody would give you a different answer. Now they may say, well, you have to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. But if you were to speak to these different ones, well, would you say that in Christianity there's unity? Yeah, we're unified. Then why are you in a separate building doing separate things? Why were you not? Why do you make fun of other persons that are in different churches? Why don't you go and speak at a Catholic church? Why don't you? Well, the, we're of the same truth. We just have a different mindset or different. Or we're, you know, we we were even told this. You're just taking it too far to one side. But but does this what you're doing? Does it line up with what the Bible says? Is what you're doing line up with the book of Acts? Are you doing what the book of Acts is talking about? Are you doing what Paul was preaching? Are you walking as Messiah did? And if they're honest with themselves, they'll say, no, we're not, we're not doing those things. We think we are, but, but we're not. And interesting how this goes back to the Old Testament, where it talks about the Tower of Babel, that, yeah, you've got you've to start your faith by doing what you can do, but at some point you've got to stop the building yourself and you've got to get the help of Yah and in, in order to be able to continue by faith, them helping you build that spiritual house. And as you look at Christianity, it's interesting because you will see some will deem uh, other Christians as bad Christians or, you know, and they still claim them to be Christians, but they're bad Christians. But somehow you think you're going to be what? In a different place than them? You're claiming Christianity. They're claiming Christianity. You're both claiming that you have this faith in Christ and you don't each time another branch comes off of Christianity and they claim Christianity, it's just another branch. Why? Because we decided that we don't like this or that. And don't get me wrong, doing the gathering of God, the true gathering, the uh, body of Messiah, as we do what we're doing from the home church perspective, you will do that, but you will divide yourself away from Christianity. You will not connect to Christianity. And we don't need to take on names of churches. We, we were given a name from God as a persona of the church that, that we were given, that we were given New Life Gospel Church, and it was to bring a renewed life to the gospel message that had uh, been snuffed out somewhere along the way that Christianity is not teaching. But when we moved from Christianity because we knew that it wasn't right, we didn't start another Christian organization. We separated from Christianity because of the divisions that are there and the lack of unity. And you see it everywhere. And how can you think that you as a Christian are going to be okay and other people who are Christians are not going to be okay. Where the reality is, is that 
when one has true faith in God, they're a believer in the way because it's the way of Messiah. They're a believer in the way, and we won't have all these, uh, a bunch of different names. If somebody else starts a church, and I'm sure there are people out there who have, we can't be, I, I, I don't want to think from an arrogant perspective that we're the only one, we're the, we're the first and the only ones that God has done this with in this day and age. No, God's much bigger than we are, and we haven't come across anybody yet that uh, has professed that they've uh, separated from Christianity and they're doing the, the same thing that we're doing. But I can guarantee you that if we're doing what we're doing, we won't be separated by uh, any kind of denominational name. It'll be, well, we're just followers of the way of Messiah. Everybody will be followers of the way of the Messiah. You, it could be the church. You know, we have the church here at Stanton. It's still the way of Messiah. It's not the denomination here, and then we have another denomination somewhere else. And so when we have people that God calls to start a church, when God calls you to start a church, he's calling you because he wants you to get away from Christianity and join to the unified church, which is the church of Messiah, the ones that live their life by what the Bible says and disregards the lies that man tells because they don't know how to fulfill it themselves. When we look at unity and speaking the same language, that's what we do. That's what we have. That's the what gives us the ability to continue to learn and grow and increase is for us to be unified together, but we're also unified with God. See, the, the aspects of stuff that we're doing, we're building this tower to God. Well, we can't build this tower to God without God themselves. We have to have, so we have to, we have to be uh, acclimated to the first part, which is Abba, the first aspect of the triangle. We have to be acclimated to that. And at the bottom of that, you have fear and terror of God. But at the top of it, you're a child. And so you work from the, the uh, terror, fearful perspective of God up to friend and then up to child at the top of it. But you have to pick up that part. And then now we have to, Yah will bring us to Messiah. And we pick up the second part of the pyramid. And then mother, we have that, and then we're the, we're the fourth side. And so it is a huge thing with the unity that our goal as believers, bar none, aside from living a righteous life according to God, should be being unified and not divided. That's how people will, will, will know that we speak the same thing, that we that we are of the same God. Now, the Bible says that inevitably there'll be some in your church who don't believe. Well, that's to show the unity of the ones who do believe, that they're in agreement and they're in understanding, and it will set the other person aside and uh, set them apart 
as not being holy. That doesn't mean that they don't have the opportunity to work their way to that holiness. But there's always going to be new people coming in that are going to need to learn the process, learn the steps, learn how to seek God with all of their heart, how to repent, how to uh, go through each one of the steps in the process. And it is huge that we have to be unified with God and with each other in order for this to be a house that will stand and will not be divided, will not be uh, broken down because we have the unity that's necessary. And it's interesting because we, if we just look over time and history, how many times have people gone to another land, and it, there was some of it here in this country as well, but going to another land and told to kill the people from that other country that you're going to because they're the enemy, and but that person that you have to kill, he never did anything to you. You never did anything to him. If we took government out of the equation, if we removed governments, and the, the mindset and the uh, brainwashing that comes with it to get you to think that, well, you have to do this for your protection. And then you just had people get together from all different countries. You would find that they would get along. Now, we have humankind, and so people through selfishness are going to hate somebody else because they didn't get what the other person got. But... That's not because of race. That's because of selfishness, because you got something that I wanted and I didn't get it and it's not fair. And so I'm going to treat you differently. But the reality is, is that, you know, think about the Cold War with how many people were trained in this country to hate the Russians, to hate Russians. Why? Why? For what? Because your political, uh, your political stance doesn't match their political stance, and you're scared they're going to take over, and so we've got to convince you that you've got to go to war against these people. Leave them alone. Huh? That, that's my vote. Here's the whole thing. This is why I don't get into politics, because this... Too many divisions on every side. In a kingdom rule, being ruled by the king that is uh, right, fair, and just, there are no sides. It's a choice. You either choose you're going to be in that kingdom or you'll be removed. Plain and simple. It's as simple as that. And you have to be unified in order for you to be able to see the glory of God, to be in the kingdom of God, you it's a must that, that you must be unified, but not only just unified, you must be prove that unification by speaking the same language. And I'll tell you, uh, several years ago, it, it's been quite a while, uh, 
went on a quote unquote mission trip to Brazil. And I can tell you that the mission trip <clears throat> ended up being more for me than it. I, I didn't leave anything of worth there, in my opinion, compared to what I brought back and what God taught me when I was down there. I mean, we had, we had the first night we were down there and I don't, nobody in the group that we were with ever shared with me uh, if they had this experience that I had, but I share, I've shared it that the first night we were there, we didn't have an interpreter and we went to a church service and I sat there in a the church service. And just like at Pentecost, I heard the man on the, the uh, up in front of the pulpit speaking Portuguese, but I heard in English what he was saying. And he started by reading the scripture of, I am the vine, you are the branches. And then he went on into uh, talking about that. And it wasn't anything special he had. It was what mother did for me to open my eyes to some uh, greater aspects of the spiritual gifts that then I was able to uh, come to a place of uh, praying in tongues and uh, having the gifts, uh, uh, even now gifts of prophecy and teaching and preaching and those things. And we were in Brazil for two weeks and there was a lot of times where the translator just wasn't available. We had no problem communicating with them. We, we, we all had, we had a good time. It was a little awkward at first because we Americans, we're, we're loudmouths. Uh, it, it, it's fact. It, you can take the quietest American that you know and put them in Brazil and they'll be loud in comparison because that that's just a different culture thing. <clears throat> but after a while, we had them being just as loud as us and, you know, sitting in a restaurant laughing and joking and just having a good time, just in, enjoying each other's company. And we didn't have any problem communicating because... God gave us the ability to have that communication. But I came back from there with far more than I left. We were working on a quote unquote church building down there. But the stuff that I got from God on that was part of what really pushed me hard in this direction of pushing against or away from Christianity because I was seeing things that weren't lining up and I wasn't getting the answers that I was looking for. I was getting more non-answers, and so God gave the opportunity for us to start this gathering, and so we have to be unified and speaking the same language, and the only way we can do that is to have Yah a part of it. Abba starts teaching you the language, and then Messiah comes in and he teaches you another piece of the language and then mother comes in and she teaches you another piece of the language so that you can understand more and more as time goes on because, and we want to be not divided, not scattered because if we're scattered, then we're not together. We're divided. We're, we're separate and we don't want to be scattered we want to be together 
as one and be unified. And that is where the glory of God will be shown. And that is we are truly building a tower to the heavens from a spiritual perspective. Remember this in the word of God where the disciples of Messiah came to him and asked him because he was talking about what he does is what the father is having him do. And they said, show us the father. And as you were speaking, I had this come to mind. And what did he tell them? Don't you know me by now? If you've seen me, you've seen the father because me and the father are one. If somebody were to say, show me Yeshua Messiah, they should be able to see him in my good conduct. They should see Messiah in you. And the reason is, is because if you're one, then you don't tell the difference between the two. That's why, and from their programming, they were like, well, yeah, you're, I, I see your figure. Well, show me the father and then I'll know who he is. And it's like, you don't understand. I am who the father is. I'm doing what the father does. My mother does what we do. Now, yes, did they have different responsibilities? Yes. But when people see me and you, they should see Messiah. They shouldn't say, well, show us what Yeshua looks like you're seeing what Yeshua looks like. That, that That's the thing that, and the reason this came to mind was, is the unity is the oneness because remain in me and I'll remain in you. If you don't remain in me, we're not one anymore. And that's why with circumcision of the heart, you have that wholeness. You have that fullness of deity to where be holy for I am holy that you don't see when people see us, they should see Abba, Ima and Yeshua without well, I need to see them. Well, they see them through us. And that's the point of the gospel is we're called to be ambassadors of Messiah to call out through our conduct. And by giving this information, the good news is that they'd be reconciled to God. But we shouldn't have people look at us and say, man, that they're not living what, what the word says. And remember, you said this before with Gandhi, that he says, this Messiah of yours that you follow him, I like, but it's the followers that I don't like, and that should be, this just coming to me that we should be in a place of unity and walking as Messiah did because the word says those who claim to be in him must walk as he did, because if you're not, then it proves that you're not unified with him. You don't know him because Messiah didn't sin. You're not supposed to sin. So you're going to line up with him. And of course he's going to know you because you're me and I'm you. It's the same we're going to recognize each other because we speak the same language. We speak the truth of God. So I know you and I hear you. This scripture came to mind that those who are with us, hear us. Those that aren't of God don't hear us. Meaning yeah, you can hear our audible words, but you're not listening. You don't hear us because you don't hear by the truth of God. You're not going to understand what we're saying. Even though you hear us speaking words, you're not with us because you're not unified with us. And even further that if those people were of God, they would have remained with us, but they went out because they weren't unified with us. And it's the same thing. That's why people that aren't with us aren't with us because they're not unified with God. And if they're not unified with God, they are not going to be unified with us. That's for sure. So I just had that come to mind with, with Yeshua and talking about Abba that it should be to where, we're clearly displaying what they do to where people can see Yah in us in our good conduct. Right. And uh, the statement uh, 
quoting Gandhi, your Christ I like. It's your Christians I don't like because they don't live like he did. Uh, spoken from Gandhi. And I'm going to take you to another depth of that scripture that you brought out about with Messiah saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I want you to think about it from a gospel message perspective. I want you to think about it from the perspective that we've been talking about uh, from the gospel message, that you have to go to Abba first and then go to Messiah. So Messiah saying that you've seen Abba in the old covenant. That's why you follow me. So if you've seen me, then you've seen the father. You cannot see me, meaning see me as who I am without the father drawing you to me anyway. And so it's just a thought I had about that, that uh, the, the father draws you to Messiah and that's why Messiah would say, well, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father already. Why would you ask to see the Father when you've already seen the Father? You've already uh, seen what the uh, terror and the fear of the written code is. You've seen the Father. You, you, you wouldn't be here with me if you hadn't seen the Father because that's a, a prerequisite for you to see Messiah. And so when you've seen him, you've seen the father. It's just like, uh, you can't see mother without seeing Messiah. When you see Messiah, then you get to see mother as well. And so it carries on through because Messiah is the one that ushers you into mother, just like Abba's the one that ushers you into, uh, Messiah. So just, uh, uh, interesting thought there that hit me with that. Um, scriptures you brought it out because we have to recognize again that you have to go to the old covenant you have to see abba as a terrorist and you have to uh surrender to abba as a terrorist and then you have to make a decision that you're going to give your life completely over to them to believe in them you're going to repent and when you repent, then you get to see the son. If you haven't seen the father and you haven't seen the terror of the father and you don't know anything about the terror of the father, then you have not seen Messiah. I don't care who you think you've perceived that you've seen or that has come to you and has saved you from whatever it is. It's an impossibility because you have to go through the father first in order to get to Messiah, and then you have to go through Messiah and prove your obedience before you get to the precious uh, part, which is mother on the inside. And so it's really important from this perspective that we want to be seeking it out with all of our heart to know God, to be unified with God, to be unified with those who are in faith in God. See, this is a beauty thing. If I am living my life in accordance with the reality of truth to God, and you are living your life with that same perspective, and anybody else who's living their life from that way, 
we cannot help but be pleasing to one another. But we cannot be pleasing to one another when we are having arguments and fights and quarrels because it's not beneficial. It's not part of what the kingdom's supposed to be like. We're not supposed to have fresh and salt water mixing together. We're not supposed to try to be unified and divided at the same time. It's an impossibility. And this is why that if you're seeking God with all of your heart, it's going to be pivotal pivotal at one point that you're going to make a, a division and a break away from Christianity. And when you make that break, you're not leaving Christ. You're not leaving Messiah. You're actually leaving the false Messiah that's being taught, and you are following the true Messiah of the Bible, of Scripture. Because uh, we don't have a problem with the Messiah that is written in the Bible. We, we have a problem with what the people teach about the, the Messiah that's written in the Bible that allows you to continue to sin. And another interesting aspect from Christianity is somebody will look at somebody in Christianity and they're sinning a lot. And so you shouldn't be doing that. And they're judging them from that perspective. But can you profess from your faith that you absolutely do not sin? Because if you sin just one little bit, you've broken the whole code. You're guilty of sinning just as much as the other person. So why are you singling that one person out to to put them in the spotlight because of the multitude of stuff that they're doing, but you have just as much. You just don't see it because sin is sin. And I don't care if you sin a thousand times or you sin one time. The wages of sin is death. And if you sin, you will receive death. You will receive that punishment, that entrance into uh, the abyss, that's a fact of it. If you sin, and so the objective goal and your life's work is to figure out how to get away from sin, how to crucify yourself with Christ, how to how to die to yourself, how to crucify, uh, I mean, how to, yeah, crucify yourself with Christ, how to circumcise your heart, which is done in your mind, so that you prove that to God, and then they give you the circumcision of the heart, which then frees you from sin. That way, you've proven that you don't want anything to do with those things, and therefore, you're going to do whatever it takes, even after you've been freed from it, to make sure you're cleaning out the house, the, the heart, the subconscious. You're going to be cleaning that out and making sure that I'm, I'm digging in. And I'm going to tell you, if you think, that it's an easy task to dig into your lower conscience because whatever it is that you find and you see in your lower conscience, there's another 10 things that you didn't see. There's another 10 things that you could be working on and correcting once you figure out the one that you have. Don't think you've ever gotten to the end of it. We will always have, like you live in your life in your house, Sean, you will always have trash to take out. You you have things that you don't want. You're not going to just leave them laying around the house. Take the banana peel and just leave it on the couch because we don't want to get rid of it. No, we, we've got to get rid of it. We've got to get rid of the trash. 
but we have the ability to because the door has been open. The sinful nature has been dealt with. And now we have no more sin in our heart. And if I have no sin in my heart, then I have no sin and I cannot sin. It's an impossibility for me to sin because I've been made whole. I've been made right by God. And so for somebody to profess that, yeah, I, I, I do a little bit, but, but I tell God I'm sorry. And it's like, if you can correlate it to sin, if you can say you sin, I don't care if it's one time. You're just as guilty as the person doing it a thousand because, again, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life to those who find righteousness. Those who find that gift will be able to live their life without sin, will be able to walk as Messiah did, they will be able to live in accordance with the truth of the word, and they will do it in a unified, speaking one language uh, aspect, and we won't have divisions. That, that This is huge. In speaking to anybody who has already crossed over in that circumcision of the heart, it is so important that when you're in that condition and somebody else is in that condition that we're working it out to try to figure out how to make sure that we're being unified and not divided. And if we're being divided, we have a problem and we better fix, fix it. We better figure it out because if you don't figure it out, God's only going to let it go on so long and you're going to get your warnings. But if you don't find that unity, you're not going to remain in God because that's the whole aspect of it. And if you've died to self, what does it matter to you what somebody else does? When you've died to self, you have enough of your own stuff to deal with. So deal with your own. And if you have a spouse that you're with, there are times when you might say something or you're in, you're in line to say something, but it's not going to be for any other purpose than the unified perspective of love, which is, this is what's best for you. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't gain anything from making you upset, but making you mad. And do people really like it when other people are mad? No. So we don't intentionally make people mad. You could, and some people do, but most people, they don't intentionally make somebody mad. It just, it happens. And then once that person gets mad, now I got to get mad and for what? That's not a, a unified perspective because we have to recognize that the mercy and the grace that God has given us for the sin that we committed in the past and the mercy and grace that God gives us the ability to continue to work in the process of perfecting that why do I, if somebody else has circumcision of the heart, why am I worried about them? If they sin, okay, now we got a problem. Other than that, I've got stuff to work on. You've got stuff to work on. Just work on it. Well, think about it. Just I had this one of those pictures. You're me and you are sitting beside each other. You've got 
a big pile of garbage, a big pit of garbage that's there. And I've got my own and I'm over there looking at your bag of garbage that you just pulled out. And it's like, Sean, look at your pit of garbage over here. How deep does that go? You got plenty to work on. It'd be like if the, the landfill that's close to us, if we were to go and walk in that where you could look out and I can't remember if they even have it where you can just dump it from your vehicle anymore. But when I was a kid and you go through all that trash and all those layers, and it's just like, you've got so much there, quit worrying about what somebody else has because you've got so much to deal with. I had this picture go through my mind in regards to, it's just such uh, it's sad that people don't, it's not taught to go to the old Testament. What we refer to now as the beginning Testament to see these pictures, because I just had a picture in my mind of, we have a picture in the word of God of the terror of God and numerous circumstances. But this one is what's coming to mind when Yah was at Mount Sinai and they had the lightnings and the, the smoke and all that. And God said, warn them, don't, don't come up here because it's a terror. And the people were just crying and being, you know, please don't speak to us. We'll, we'll do, but don't speak to us anymore. You know, just, you know, we'll listen to Moses and that, that terror. And it made me think of this. Think about people think, oh yeah, the new Testament, that's where it, it's Messiah and everything is good and peaceful. All right. Well, think about this. I had this picture go through my mind with this, with the terror. Look what happens in Revelation. We switch from the the first covenant where God came to them on the mountain, Mount Sinai. In the end, when we have the bowl judgments, Yah is coming from, it made me think of this, Yah is coming from the Jerusalem above with the wrath from heaven. And we mentioned this before that wrath has the feminine aspect that now Abba in the first covenant came to them. And because of Yah's mercy and grace that they don't want anybody to perish, mother comes throwing out those bowls, even, even of the people that are throwing their fist in the air and cursing God that I'm still giving you an opportunity to repent that Yah is fair and just, but don't, you don't want to be suffering that wrath at that time, the wrath of being in hell for eternity. So find the place where you have, you find Yah as a terror and repent become unified with Abba, move on um, in Yah's timing to Messiah and to Mother so that you can move from terror to respected friend and then child. Find that place in the fullness of faith, but it cannot be done without being unified with God. That's why the one baptism is because the one baptism unites it all together. You have to have repentance. You have to have obedience. You have to have trust, circumcision of the heart, which seals it all as one. And that's why if you blaspheme mother by turning from faith that you leave that unified state, that's why it's blasphemous because you're the one that chose to leave the unity of God because of selfishness and go back to sin. So therefore there is no coming back because you had the fullness of the unity and you broke that wholeness. They didn't. So therefore it's just wrath and anger that's waiting. So the, we said this before in Hebrews, if somebody thinks that they've lost their salvation, well, I think I may have, no, it, you would have to have the wholeness of God and be a child of God and then turn from it in order to fall away to do that. This is the, the way y'all works is just giving us information. We just talked about rest 
How can you have rest if you're not unified with God? Because if you're living in chaos, you're doing all these other things. So how can you remain in that rest of God, which the rest for the people of God is the unity with God. It's that wholeness with them. It's walking in agreement with them. And Yah will test the believer, those that are seeking faith and in faith, because think about it, repentance is you walking in that unity with God. It's that unity, your absolute mindset of walking in agreement with God, whatever they say, whatever they want you to do, I'm going to do it because I'm going to be unified with God. And then it moves on to, you're not going to obey God. If you don't, if you're not wanting to be one with them and do what they want you to do, you're not going to obey and you're not going to trust. You're going to lean on your own understanding. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding because trusting in God means I'm going to be unified with God and and trust in them, not in myself. So the aspects of God are in those three folds that you have to have the fullness of unity, the fullness of holiness, the fullness of baptism, all these different things, fullness of repentance, fullness of obedience to be completely whole with them and just remain in that wholeness and just expand. Like the, the song says, May the circle be unbroken. Stay in the unity of God where you're in that circle that isn't broken, that it's sealed with mother, and you just continue to expand the circle and expand the circle. Don't break it, because once you break it, which Yah is not going to break their side, don't break it. Don't become divided, because that's the thing. In Revelation, there's a mystery that says, the one that has wisdom let mankind figure out the, the number of the beast, which is 666. Well, think about this, an aspect of God that Yah is whole. So you could look at the enemy as being three aspects, but they're not complete, that they're divided. They're not unified. So therefore you have 666 because the number seven is referred to as the number of God. You could look at Yah as 777. Just something that came to mind in, in the mystery of that of because the enemy is not the the people that follow the enemy are not going to be unified. They're going to be divided. They're not complete. <clears throat> so there's just so many mysteries, just so much more to this, uh, especially in in um, talking about God, all the mysteries. But yeah, this is a a huge one because if you're a part of a gathering and you're seeing fights and quarrels and just putting this to a, a church gathering. Even if you're not seeing that, look within the people that are there, the fights and quarrels, and look among the different uh, management and offices, even in your jobs, how much is there not unity and people want to do their own things. You look at football, NFL, college sports and things that you have a team model, but then if somebody wants to go out and do what they want to do or they're not a member of the team because the team is supposed to be unified and we work together as a team in that unity. So this is a just another aspect of God that is just huge. And with what Yah is allowing us to do, us walking in unity with them and they would with us that they allow us to do this podcast because the, the goal is to do whatever they want us to do in agreement with them. And they give us the authority to be able to do that as long as we continue to walk in what they want. Right. And anybody who is seeking God with all of their heart, who might listen to these podcasts in other countries, uh, it, it's very easy that God can let them hear in their own language. But 
I don't remove that at all, uh, because if they're seeking with all of their heart, God knows that one language that if they're not getting something, that God will make sure that they get it, even if it has to be in their own language. And um, not that we're not translating to uh, 32 different countries, but we've been in 32 different countries. Uh, so God's reaching people and they will reach them with that one unified language. So anybody who's seeking God with all of their heart, doesn't matter what language they speak, whether they understand English or they understand a little bit of English, it doesn't matter because like my trip to Brazil, I didn't understand Portuguese. I heard them speaking Portuguese, but I heard what was being said in my own language. And God had the ability to do that for me there. He certainly, they, they certainly have the ability to do that. Uh, in countries where people are hearing this podcast and uh, taking in the word of God. And so the objective goal, again, is seeking out the unity of God. And if you see divisions, then you know that's not of God. And so don't be divided. And if you are truly of God, don't be divided. Don't, don't put in divisions where they're, they're, they're really anywhere because there's no place for those divisions in it. And so we want to continue to build the tower to the heavens. And again, the only way we can do that is being of one mind and of one language, then we can do it. And God will be part of that, so they won't have to stop us from doing it, and we will build that church, which goes all the way up to the heavens, and it'll be a uh, grand thing when we enter into the kingdom, but even now, it's it's a great thing, and I really enjoy talking about the truth of God, and the more opportunity I get, the more I enjoy it, and There'll be times where I'll be talking with somebody and I could talk for two, three, four hours about God and I'm not worried about what, you know, what's going on around or because that's more important to me than anything else. And it's just been a beautiful journey that God has given us the ability to have, we're, we're in our 14th year of a home gathering uh, that is separated from Christianity. So it's a, uh, it's a beautiful thing to be able to have that and be as strong as we are and know that God has other people who are speaking this same language out there somewhere. And we may meet them one day, we may not, but God has the people out there that are unified together under one head, which is Messiah, and the objective goal is to help others to see the reality of truth and to so be saved themselves as they walk in this, and you will see fights and quarrels go away. You, you will see. And then 
I like for us, yeah, people may argue the fact of what we're saying, but we've had people from Christianity who have argued things that we've said, but we don't pay attention to them because we're not unified with them. That That's not part of the unity. And again, if, if you and I don't agree on something, then we're going to hash it out until we do because it's necessary for us to be unified that we can understand because God's not going to tell you one thing and tell me another thing. And those things don't match up and they're not the same. That's not one of us, either one of us or both of us didn't hear from God. And so we want to make sure that we're hearing from God and that God is the one doing the translating for us so that we have the greatest ability to be one in the gathering, one with each other, and one with God. Bill, we're going to end on this tonight, and this is something given to me by Yah, and this is a, a beautiful thing. A, a scripture came to mind. I just got, they gave me more understanding on this. I'm going to share this with you and with everybody. The scripture where Messiah makes this statement, when he's, and I, I thought about this a few times, like, why does he mention it in this manner? And it just, yeah, gave me the revelation. Messiah said, when two or more are gathered in my name, I am there with them. And here's why that is. You have two that are unified, that are gathered in my name. I'm there with them because of the unity. You take, like, let's say, a rope or a strand that you're going to tie together to make a, a, a cord of strength. You, you, you can't do it. You can't bind something together with one. You have to have two. So you take the two cords and you bind them together. I'm there with them because it's united. And the more, because here's the thing, you can have 100,000 people in a, quote, church building that are divided. It's not the numbers of people that bring strength. It's the unity of the people, no matter what the number that brings the strength. If you have seven people and they're unified, there's more strength there than a hundred thousand that are divided. So the essence of what Messiah is saying is that when you are in my name, you are unified with me. And with those two or more together that are, that are gathered together, unified in my name, I'm there with them. So the more people the church of God is the humble gathering. The more that are gathered together unified is where the strength lies because it's that bond. As the word of God mentions, love is the bond of perfection. That loving, that's why Messiah said, I give you this command, love one another, because unity shows the bond of unity is love. Love one another as I have loved you, you know, stay together. So as we finish up for this evening, unity being one with God, and that will then permeate into your life with others, with your spouse, with your husband. But just remember that in order to function as the body of Messiah, there must be unity, not division. And we thank everybody for listening this evening. We encourage you to listen to the podcast. We'll also have podcasts on Saturdays at six in the morning. We have a Facebook page, Hidden Treasures Revealed. And if anybody would like to Send us an email. It's hidden treasures with an S, hidden treasures revealed at AOL.com. And we're just very grateful to y'all to be able to do this. Thank you for listening in and those that listen to the podcast. And until next time, hope everybody has a peaceful evening.
Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.